Hello, this is Eric Bryant, pastor at Gateway Church in South Austin. If you want more resources, including the notes from this message, go to ericbryant.org. Or to find out more about our community, go to gatewaychurch.com south. Hey, let's thank the band one more time. That was great. So good. Well, it's the Super Bowl. And I was born during Super Bowl VI, during halftime. Yes, it's true. True story. I was born in California, but my parents are both from San Antonio, and they were very pleased to welcome me to the world right as the Cowboys ended up defeating the Miami Dolphins. So it worked out just right. Just right. That's right. And so the Super Bowl has always had a special place in my heart. And I think that some of the excitement around the Super Bowl, here in Austin at least, is for the last five years, we've been doing something called the Super Bowl. If you've missed it, uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of a, it was a, it was a competition. And so it was two of us preaching against each other. Last year, or the last two years, there was four of us. Uh, and so it was a lot of fun. But this year, we're kind of focusing towards the citywide conversation we're having about what's after life. So we're not doing our little preach off. But I do want to show you a couple highlights. Is that all right? So a couple years ago, one of my favorite moments in the five years of the Super Bowl was when I defeated Kenny Green in 2017. Here's my celebration. I didn't even know I could jump that high. I was that excited. Couldn't walk for a week after that, but... Uh, And actually, the bad thing, though, was the uniforms, those jerseys. We looked like Lady Gaga, just like her. But I think why we get excited about the actual Super Bowl is because of the intensity with which these men have worked so hard to get here. And not everyone ever gets here to the Super Bowl. But these football players have daily disciplined their bodies with strict eating and sleeping and workout routines. They practice together, many of them for years, in order to understand what's happening in every moment on the field. They practice running the same plays. They've watched the film over and over and over. And the team that wins it all is the team that finally gets the glory of being the champion. I think there's something inside of us that loves the idea of being a part of a winning team, working together as one in order to defeat your opponent. Michael Griffin, who played at Bowie High School and UT and on on in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans, uh, this week was telling me about one of his favorite seasons was the team was so in sync, they knew exactly what the other players around them were going to do based on what was happening on the other side of the ball. They didn't even have to call plays. They just were so in sync, literally thinking each other's thoughts. I think that we love things like the Super Bowl because it points to this transcendent quality that God has put in the human heart to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Now, I heard the loudest cheer. Uh, It was for the commercials. I heard you. I I heard it. Uh, You know, businesses will pay $5 million per 30-second ad. Isn't that something? Actually, businesses will spend half a billion dollars on ads today. 
The big three networks collectively pay $3 billion each year just to show football games so they can get the Super Bowl every three years. Stores make $14 billion sales from this one game. But ultimately, these commercials, we, we laugh about them, we enjoy them. And just to reminisce for a moment, how about we watch some of the best ones, just real quick, little glimpses. All right, let's watch. Because I'm feeling like I'm running and I'm feeling like I gotta get away, get away, day, day. Wow. 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 Take a look at yourself, in the mirror, and cry, and cry, what you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm the new spokesman. I'm an employee of the night. It's not a competition. When, when you, you discover your real self. Whoa. Look at me! I'm human! I'm the luckiest! Whatever ad this is. Whatever. Spreaker. Oh, Wi-Fi's down. See why 1984 won't be like 1984. Yes, something to look forward to. <clears throat> Watching people try to get us to buy stuff, right? But did you know that South by Southwest, the city of Austin, makes half of what a city that hosts the Super Bowl makes? And we make that every single year. And that's why many of you leave town during South by Southwest. <laughs> But all of this money, this business of football, did you know that the 49ers are valued at $3.5 billion as a franchise? That's more than the countries of Belize or Burundi or Granada or 20 other countries. Actually, their value, their GDP. Now this is a, a lot of money that's being thrown around. Even Shakira and Jennifer Lopez, did you know they're not paid? Halftime shows are not usually paid. They end up making so much money just because of the exposure. When Lady Gaga was the Super Bowl halftime show, her sales skyrocketed 1,000%. And after that, she began getting paid a million dollars for every single show. So why is it such a big deal? Well, we value watching sports teams compete. And some of us might think, well, we value it too much or we don't value other things enough, but that's not really the point I'm trying to make. The point is deep inside of us, we love the idea of being a part of a winning team. It's part of the human spirit. We love being on a great work team that wins in business. Or maybe it was back in high school when you were playing sports or in band, being a part of a winning organization. And we're all invited to be part of God's winning team, to be a part of making a difference, making an impact. In this series, we looked at how we can envision a new version of ourselves in this new year, how we can become more accepting, how we can be more known for our serving, how we could be more intentional about growing, and today we're talking about impacting. And I want us to just look at three different questions in our time together. First is, do you see yourself as part of God's team making a difference in the world? And two, what's the unique part God has designed you to play? And finally, how can we win together? See, you, when you and I say yes to following Jesus, we become part of his family. We become part of his team. And we're to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. 
through loving others, serving others, and sharing our faith with others. But here's the catch. We do have an opponent. We share a common enemy, and that's evil. William Easterly is a professor of economics who worked for 16 years with the World Bank, distributing funds to the poorest of the poor until he lost faith in the process. He writes in his book, White Man's Burden, how malaria is a preventable disease, yet it is a leading cause of death among children under age five, 90% of which occur in sub-Saharan Africa. Preventing five million child deaths would cost just $3 for each new mother. So $15 million could provide what's needed to prevent five million child deaths. And before you start to compare Super Bowl spending and judge, it's, it's way more complicated than that. See, the West, Western countries, have actually spent $2.3 trillion in foreign aid over the last 50 years, but have been unable to get 12-cent medicines to children who are on the verge of dying from malaria. Easterly points out something even more shocking. With all this aid not being able to help, he also noticed in 2005, July 16th, that 9 million children in America and Britain all received the sixth volume of the Harry Potter series on the same day. He writes, it's heartbreaking that global society has evolved a highly efficient way to get entertainment to rich adults and children while it can't get one or 12 cents worth of medicine to dying poor children. See, there's a real problem in our world, and it's not simple to solve. It's not simply a lack of finances. It's not lack of ability or ingenuity. I mean, we could get a man on the moon. It really did happen. We can get 9 million copies of Harry Potter into the hands of 9 million children. See, the answer is not simply the free market economy because a free market economy without morality can be destructive. So what keeps us from being able to push back the darkness that destroys people? Our problem is evil. Evil is our opponent. See, in these countries that are suffering through poverty, oftentimes the very children needing the medicine can't get it because of corruption at the highest level. Corruption keeps aid from getting where it needs to go. You see, evil isolates, it divides, it inflicts pain by hurting people who then go on and manipulate and hurt people. Addictions destroy individuals and then families. Evil hardens the heart between people who love each other and now hate each other. See, evil is not just out there. Evil is actually in here. Each of us has a battle that we face on a daily basis. Are we going to go towards the light or are we going to step deeper into the darkness? We have a real opponent and God has been recruiting a team to win against evil, to actually bring healing to overcome the evil in our life and then bring the light to the darkness all around us. How does he do that? Well, see, God's heart for all people and his vision for his team is lived out in relationship. Relationship called the local church. Now, I've heard people resist claims that Jesus seems to be exclusive. I mean, what about all the other people, the other nations? Well, did you know that in the 66 books of the Bible, 
that all the nations are addressed in almost every single book. 533 times from Genesis to Revelation, the phrase all nations is mentioned. The Bible is written by numerous authors over thousands of years, and there's no other sacred writing claiming that God is speaking to the nations except the Bible. See, God's heart, God's plan has always been to restore all willing people from every nation and to unify them to be part of the solution that overcomes the forces of evil that destroy people. God said to the prophet Isaiah, chapter one, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. And then Isaiah 58, the kind of fasting I want calls you to free those who are chained by injustice and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own relatives in need? See, God cares about those that no one else cares about. God cares about the physical and spiritual needs of the people. God cares about the injustices of the world. And when we care about those that no one cares for, God sees that and it counts in eternity's scoreboard. You see, when we serve, when we meet needs, when we are there impacting others, when no one else sees, God sees. And there are rewards for our efforts on the other side of eternity. Jesus said, when those who belong to God stand before him, he will say, well done. For when you saw me in need and hungry and thirsty and homeless, sick and in prison, that you did something about it. Matthew 25. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. See, Jesus taught us that every person matters to God. In fact, Jesus demonstrated God's love for humanity for every single person in that he gave his life dying on the cross, showing that each person is worth everything to him. And he said to those who would follow him in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. So what does it mean to bring light into darkness? Well, when Jesus was here among us, he said, I am the light of the world. And everywhere he went, spiritual and physical needs were met. People who felt hopeless found hope and forgiveness and a second chance. Outcasts felt included and cared for. Those who wondered if God could love them at all discovered an amazing free gift of grace and unconditional love. Those broken emotionally and physically found healing. Those hurting or tormented found relief. Those who were trapped in addictive patterns found power to overcome. Those who were restless found peace. Yesterday, Deborah and I were watching a, a new film series. It's, uh, I guess, a series called The Chosen. It's really good, and it's really looking at the life of Jesus through the eyes of those impacted by him. 
We watched the episode called I Have Called You By Name. It's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. And it's looking at a woman who was tormented and troubled. You might know her from the scriptures as Mary of Magdala. And the scene where she encounters Jesus and finds healing was so beautiful. Just a glimpse of what it must have been like for her. I found out I have a bad habit when I'm watching something. I'm always on IMDb, learning little facts about everybody. And I found out the actress who plays Mary is actually from Austin. Her name is Elizabeth Tabish. And so another reason to watch it, right? But I want you to know that there are people all around us that have never encountered that moment that you might have had with Jesus. People who long to be seen and known and loved and forgiven as you might have experienced at some point in your journey. See, everywhere Jesus went, he said, God's way of life is among you. The kingdom of God has come, he would say. And everywhere you go as a follower of Jesus, you are taking the kingdom of God with you. You are light pushing back the darkness. And we do that when we meet both the physical and the spiritual needs of those around us. See, Jesus desires for his church to carry on his work, that we would be his light. Do you envision yourself that way? On God's team, pushing back the darkness that destroys people? I mean, if we're honest, that just sometimes feels a little bit too much of the big picture. Like we're just trying to like remember to open our Bible app. We're just trying to get through the day without yelling at a coworker. We're just trying to pay our bills and survive, but, but that's not the way life that God intended. You are invited into an adventure of following him and being a part of advancing this kingdom of light, taking territory from the darkness. And it's not to be done alone. See, if we were to go solo, you can't push back much darkness by yourself. But together, we can make an incredible impact. When we're on God's team and fully embracing that, we will be amazed at all that can happen. I mean, our church, our one church here in Austin, we're over 20 years old, just 21 or so. We're finally legal as a church. But we have four campuses now in Austin. But in the last 20-something years, through our one church, 7,000 people have found faith in Jesus. Yeah, it's amazing. $7.5 million has been given by our church over the years to serve people in crisis in Austin, to alleviate poverty in places like Haiti, the Dominican Republic, Burundi, India, Nicaragua, and Mexico. In partnership, we help feed 91,000 Haitian kids every single day. We help 30,000 rural families in Burundi. We help build a hospital and school in India for the poorest of the poor. We brought fresh, fresh water to two villages in the Dominican Republic and eight villages in Nicaragua. 686,000 meals have been distributed to people in need in Branson, Missouri, one of our extensions. And in Austin alone, we've mobilized 394,000 hours of volunteer service to our city. You and I, if we were to try to do that by ourselves, would have to work 12 hours a day for 90 years 
to give that much time. Do you know there was one year, just not too long ago, when they came out with the list of the organizations who were helping in the school district, Austin School District, helping as third grade reading tutors. And of all the organizations in our city, we were number three, Gateway was number three, just behind the state of Texas employees and Dell. Isn't that amazing? You are a part of advancing light in the midst of the darkness. When we live out God's mission to meet the physical and spiritual needs of those around us. And that's just one church. I'm not even talking about all the churches in Austin or all the churches across the planet that have built hospitals and built schools that have made a difference in the lives of people who are hurting. So I wanna ask you, are you on God's team? Do you see yourself as part of his team? Because he is willing to draft every person who's willing to say yes. When I was in college, I befriended one of the football players named Adrian, and he invited me during summer workouts to come and work out with them. Now, it's not what you think. It was ultimate Frisbee. I can do that. And so I was there, and all these football players were there, and they picked teams. There were 12 of us, and I wasn't chosen, like by either team. <laughs> they would rather go six versus five and leave me on the sidelines. So Adrian felt bad for me and invited him on to, invited me onto his team and we began to play ultimate frisbee and they wouldn't throw me the frisbee until an errant throw, I ran over and caught it. At the exact same time, Robin Jones, a 300 pound defensive lineman came over to catch it. Now somehow I held on to that frisbee for dear life, <laughs> even as I bounced five yards backwards. I got on my knee, I threw it to Adrian and crawled off and never played again. <laughs> See, that's not the kind of experience I'm talking about. When you are not chosen, every single one of you has been chosen. God sees you, loves you, and he chooses you. But you have to decide if you wanna join in, if you wanna be part of the team. He doesn't force you to play. And here's what it means to join the team. All you have to do is say, I'm in. God, I accept what Jesus did on the cross to count for me. I need your forgiveness and I want your leadership in my life. I want you to call the plays. That's what it means to be all in. See, he's building a family by bringing together people who tend to be divided in Jesus' day, it was the Jews and the Gentiles, the rest of the nations. Look at this in Ephesians 2. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. See, God is defeating evil, our opponent, by drafting a team of people that he can coach, a team drafted from every willing person from every nation. Do you see yourself as part of God's team making a difference in the world? That maybe you know that you're a part of his family, you're a follower of Jesus, but you haven't seen yourself as part of bringing heaven to earth 
as you are called to do. You and I can make a difference in the world around us. We were made to play a role on God's team. So number two, what's the unique part that God designed you to play? It's important that we remain coachable, letting God lead us, that we might develop our uniqueness. See, the local church is his team to overcome evil. Jesus said this in Matthew 16, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Together, we defeat the forces of hell, pushing them back with the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 1, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all the things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. This is so critical to understand. You see, God was with humanity in the garden. And then God was with the people of Israel in the tabernacle. God was with humanity at the temple in Jerusalem. And then ultimately he was with humanity as Jesus walking among us. And now God is with humanity through us, followers of Jesus, the body of Christ. And then when he makes all things right, Jesus, God will be with humanity in a new heaven and new earth. See, it's the season in history when the church, people who follow Jesus are representing God to the world. And we each have a part to play. See, there's some misunderstandings. If you, if you grew up in a, a context like Texas, you might have a misunderstanding that the church is like a building or the church is a service, but that's not actually accurate. See, we are the church. Those of us who follow Jesus, we make up the church and we come together in buildings. We come together for a service, but this does not define us. This does not limit us. We are way beyond these four walls in the world, making a difference. In Los Angeles, our pastor at Mosaic, Erwin McManus, would say it this way when talking to a group of people who follow Jesus. He would say this, the church is not here to meet our needs. We are the church and we're here to meet the needs of the world. Do you see your part to play? Each of us has an important aspect being part of the body of Christ. And that's why we come together in campuses like this. And within those campuses are networks, groups of 20 to 70 serving a specific group of people. And then groups of six to 15 in groups, life groups or community groups. And it's in these groups and in these networks and in these campuses that we begin to experience the new vision of who God wants us to be even as we set others free. See, God's desire is to, to defeat evil in our own lives and evil all around us. Too many of us think that we have to get everything all together. We have to, to clean up our own life before we can help the people around us. When in reality, the way to get to the place of being healed is bringing healing to others. We grow as we serve others, as we lose our life making an impact with others. Just find someone who has a need and meet it. That's all we have to do. The need right in front of us. 
Now, a good coach knows and develops each player's uniqueness and helps them work together as a team. I'm going to tell you right now who I hope to win tonight. No offense. I don't have a generic Go Sports shirt on. I'm just going to tell you right now. Uh, I want the Kansas City Chiefs to win. (laughs) And let me tell you why. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs have not been to the Super Bowl in 50 years. I have friends who have literally cheered for the Chiefs their entire life and believe there is such thing as a Super Bowl, but have never seen their team there. And then Coach Andy Reid, he's gotten to the NFC Championship game five times and only made it to the Super Bowl once and they lost. Now he's on another team and he's gotten that team close this year all the way to the Super Bowl. Plus the quarterback is from Texas. Why not root for them, right? But Andy Reid has won more games than any other coach to have never won a Super Bowl. He's a good coach, and that makes all the difference. Or maybe your sport is more basketball. John Wooden, when we lived in Los Angeles, I learned a lot about him. In fact, my son, when he was a little boy, his first little basketball was signed by John Wooden. He was still alive back then, and a friend of mine that worked at UCLA got that for him. His first jersey was a Kobe jersey, last name Bryant. But John Wooden, for 27 years, coached UCLA. And in those 27 years, they won 10 national championships. Now think about how remarkable that is, because as a college coach, your team graduates. You can't keep the great players. They all are gone within four years. And just yet one team after another dominated 10 national championships. Or some of you, maybe you prefer the original football, soccer. Any soccer fans? All right, a few of you. So I don't know if you've heard of Sir Alex Ferguson, but he was the coach of Manchester United for 26 years. And in those 26 years, they won 38 trophies. The last few years before he retired, they were finished in first, second, first, second, and first place in the Premier League. The years after he left, right after he left with the exact same team but a different coach, they finished in seventh, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Think about the difference a coach makes. Same players, completely different result. If you've ever been on a good team, you know that that good team begins with a good coach. And it continues where the players listen to that good coach. They have trust for their coach. And he trusts them. Players who are humble and teachable and willing to learn from the coach. And so to continue this analogy, Jesus can be our coach. And when we listen to him, when we follow his ways, we become the person that God's created us to be. That's why we talk about spending time in the scriptures every day, learning to hear his voice. That's why we talk about being in community Many of you are reading through the New Testament, the YouVersion Bible app. Make it a goal to study this playbook. We cannot expect to defeat evil in our life or in the world around us unless we're listening to the coach. So good teams listen and learn from their coach, and the coach develops and draws out their unique contribution. See, God has gifted each of us. We have unique ways that we can work together. We have different experiences and passions. We come from different backgrounds and together we make an unstoppable team. Do you know how God has wired you? Do you know the unique contribution that God 
wants you to make? Listen to this passage in Romans 12. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a person's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Some of these resonate in your heart. And there are other passages listing other spiritual gifts. And back in those days, there were no assessments that you could take online to tell you what you're good at. You know how you figured it out? You were in community. And people would say, you know, you really seem to have this gift of hospitality. When people are around you, they feel incredibly welcomed. Or, you know, you have a gift of leadership. Wherever you go, there are always people behind you. See, it's in the context of community that we can help each other find our place to play. Or in this case, the analogy is not a team, it's a body. We are the body of Christ. And some of you are thinking, well, if that analogy is true, then I'm like the little toe or the navel, the elbow of the body of Christ. Don't sell yourself short. I remember when I was in high school, I had a manager at Kroger. I worked at a grocery store for four years through high school up in Dallas, Fort Worth. And my, I remember when my manager, he lost his big toe. I don't remember how that happened. That's not something that normally happens, but it happened to him. And for weeks, he couldn't walk. Just losing one toe. I mean, I kept thinking, he's already got nine others. And he's got, you know, four of the five, but he could not walk. It required, uh, started with a wheelchair, then he progressed to two crutches, then he went to one crutch. It took him weeks to be able to walk again. See, even if you're just the big toe on the body of Christ, you are important. <laughs> we don't want to limp around Austin. We want to make a difference. We want to be able to run. So discover your gifts. Get connected. Be a part of a group. They're starting this week and next week. Just Go right outside, find John Lee at the connect spot and he'll help you find the right one. So finally, how can we win together? We win together when we serve others with others. You know, our kids team, they are investing in our children and making a real difference in the lives of our kids. And you know, some of these families, they literally, they all serve in one service and then all attend another service. And it's great, even from the youngest of ages, an elementary kid helping in preschool, a teenager helping with children, serving in one service and attending another. And you and I might be completely unaware of the impact they're making, but those children love when Monica and Steve and Maddie are there helping preschoolers start their Sundays with a smile and with a friend. The Next Gen team, our kids network, is doing a dance, a family dance this Saturday. Do you know there's 60 people already signed up? Sounds like in South Austin, we like to dance. And there's still room, and we're doing this not just for you to connect with other families, but so you can invite families who are disconnected to any faith community to come and enjoy an evening together. In two weeks, we're going to have a network fair. Some of you have shared with me, you know, I, 
I don't know what we're doing throughout the city. Well, that'll be a chance for you to meet network leaders, people who are serving as part of the Gateway South Deaf Network or business leaders or health and wellness. We have a men's network, women's network, serving those who are homeless and bridging neighbors. We have stage of life groups like the Anchor Group, which is for 20-somethings. And I have a new group for 35 plus. We have Dripping Springs Network, which is becoming a campus. We have a network for teenagers, for artists, for people who live in Bee Cave and Bastrop, those who have a heart for recovery. So many different ways that you can serve during the week and serving on Sunday. And that's why every Sunday we say, and this is, this is because we've seen it work, the best way to get connected is serving others with others. And so starting gate is a great next step for you along the way. But do you know what kills teams? Self-centered players and gossip. When we turn on each other when we talk badly about each other. But teams that put the team before themselves are the ones that have the greatest success. Now, people who normally use their gifts to try to be remembered, to make a name for themselves, the sad news is that never works. Think for a moment. Do you know the names of your great-grandparents? I mean, you're related to them. You might even look like them, but do you know the names of your great-grandparents? I was trying to figure that out this week. I know four of the eight. And the two uh, couples that I know are both from Central Texas. I, my, my great-grandfather, Robert, and his wife, Ruby Parks, he was the justice of the peace in Kyle for like 40 years when there was like one stoplight there. And the other was George Washington Bryant and his wife, Zula. Yes, that is their name. And they lived in San Marcos in an old house that was knocked down and is now the tennis court's at Texas State. I don't even know the other four great-grandparents' names. But here's the remarkable thing. God does. See, you might serve and no one else sees, no one else knows, but God sees. And God knows. See, God is inviting you on secret mission as part of this church family to bring light into the darkness to make a difference in the lives of others. No one might see it, but he does. And you will be remembered in his heart and for all eternity. Recently, Christina, who was recently baptized and now takes pictures at all of our baptisms, sent me this picture of her and Smiley. You see, Smiley is a coworker, and she had given him the book, What's After Life, which, by the way, next Sunday, come with your list of up to 20 people here in Austin, and we'd love to give you more books to give to the, your friends and family. But she gave this book to him, not fully aware of his story, and he sent this text back to her, saying it was nonstop reading, and then he said, this book gave me... Sorry, he said, the book you gave me has become the scientific evidence for my belief. You see, he grew up Muslim, came to faith in Jesus, and this gave him language to describe why he believes what he believes to people around him who might be skeptical. See, you and I can make an impact serving, sharing our faith in an organic, relational, and natural way. Scriptures tell us in Colossians 3, 
God says to those who serve and sacrifice and play for his team, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So it's game time. It's time to jump in, to be part of what God has for us. As we consider what our next step might be, let's pray together. So God, we are so grateful that you've chosen us, not because of what we've done, but because you love us just as we are. And you love us so much that you'll help us become who you've created us to be, that we aren't stuck where we've been. God, help us to say yes, not just to following you for the first time, but following you every day throughout the day as you guide us to bring light into the darkness. God, show us our next step to community, and to bringing heaven to earth. In Jesus' name we pray.